Are you a lawyer who desires more freedom and flexibility in your work life? To be more available for your family, stop deferring those bucket list travel destinations until retirement, take care of yourself physically and mentally, or even just have more time for your other passions and priorities. What would it mean for your life if you could continue to practice law without sacrificing in any of these areas or sacrificing your income? I'm Kaylee Jacome, host of the Lawyer on Your Terms podcast. I run a six-figure virtual law practice working less than 25 hours a week. I'm a mom of two little ones and started my practice so I wouldn't have to choose between my vision of motherhood and my legal career. Your dreams and priorities may be different, but if you're curious about how to create a practice that is designed around your most important priorities in life, rather than always having to fit your life around your career, then you're in the right place. You, my friend, are more than just a lawyer and you can lawyer on your own terms. Welcome to the Lawyer on Your Terms podcast. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, and welcome back to Lawyer on Your Terms. In this episode, we are talking all about building strategic relationships. This is the backbone of your marketing efforts because if people don't know about you, they can't hire you. If they don't know about you and your services, they can't refer you to others. So I'm going to break this down about what I mean about building strategic relationships, my tips for doing this, and why this should be your first priority in your overall networking and marketing strategy. So first I want to talk about what's the difference between networking and marketing. Networking is relationship building, and I think oftentimes we think of marketing as advertisements or creating content or technical strategies like search engine optimization or creating a marketing funnel. But really, networking and marketing, they all work together in that you're trying to get the word out about your services. So people know that you exist, that you're open for business, that these are the ways that you can help people and how they can retain you. A business friend of mine recently said that if you have a marketing problem, and for example, you're not booking enough clients or you're not booking as many clients as you would like to, then follow the breadcrumbs and work backwards. So are you getting on a lot of networking calls? Are you getting on a lot of consultation calls? And if not, what is your process or your strategy for inviting people to hop on a networking call or to book a consultation with you? And so those are two different things, of course. A networking call is a connection call with someone who might be a potential referral partner. And a consultation is a call with someone who may be a prospective client. And that could be a free consultation or a paid consultation. But in both situations, you are talking to people. And you have to be speaking to people so that they can hire you and they can tell others about your services. If you were to think of all of your marketing efforts in a pyramid, with the bottom being how you should be spending most of your time, and actually not the top of the pyramid necessarily being the pinnacle, if you were to think of your marketing efforts as an upside-down pyramid, where the top of the pyramid, the biggest area, is both how you should be spending most of your time marketing and the area where you're going to get the greatest return on your investment, that section would be building strategic relationships. 
And so what I mean by strategic relationships is specifically building relationships with people who are in complementary fields to yours, complementary service providers, where their audience or their pool of ideal clients is the same as your ideal client. However, they are not a competitor of yours. So they might have the same ideal client, but they are solving a different problem for that person. As an example of this, let's say you have an estate planning practice. Some examples of service providers in complementary fields that would be really good strategic partners for you are financial planners, financial consultants, CPAs, etc. If you are in real estate law, of course, real estate agents, that would be the main category there, but also expanding that a little bit more and maybe contractors or even land surveyors, maybe even environmental lawyers, for example, dealing with different zoning issues or regulatory issues, and there's an opportunity for synergy there. Business law, focusing on building strategic partnerships with business coaches and other business-to-business service providers, people who are in operations roles, who are behind the scenes as business managers or directors of operation, strategic business consultants, even branding experts, people who are helping businesses rebrand if you are in IP. So really thinking about here, who has already spent the time to collect a group of people who are my ideal client? They have done the marketing to bring all these people in. These individuals are paying attention to the content they put out. They have a thriving email list, but we are not in competition with each other. Rather, there's a synergy here where I can come into this person's world and be an expert in my fields in a way that really adds value to their entire community and vice versa. I am of the opinion that most people have a place for one expert in a particular field in their mind. So if you are local to my area and you ask me for a recommendation for a hairstylist, I'm going to recommend you to Heather, my hairstylist, because that's who I know, that's who I go to. And if you ask me for a recommendation for a CPA, I'm going to recommend you to my CPA because he does a fantastic job. Now, maybe even a service provider that I'm not currently utilizing, but let's say like a podcast manager, some someone who does audio editing and things like that, which actually I now have. So I could recommend that to you as well. There are probably many out there that I've come across, but there's only one person who's made it into my mind as the go-to expert in that field. And so your goal should be to occupy the position as expert in your field in the minds of as many people as possible. Because when they need your service, they are going to go to you. And when they have family, friends, clients who need your service, they are going to refer those people to you. Getting back to this idea of following the breadcrumbs when you have a marketing problem. You're not booking enough clients or you're not booking as many clients as you would like to. And working back, how many networking calls, again, are you getting on? How many consultation calls? If the answer is none, there's your answer to the next question is that's why you're not booking enough clients. You're not getting on enough calls. Now, if you are on 
lots of consultation calls and they're not converting, then that's a different problem. Then there's probably an issue there about who you are attracting onto those calls, or there's something happening during the consultation where there's a disconnect between you and the prospective client in how you're communicating the value of your service or something else. Assuming that you are just not getting on a lot of consultation calls or you're not getting on a lot of networking calls with these potential strategic partners, then the question is, how many people are you reaching out to in a week to invite to jump on a call with you? If the answer is none or few, then there's your problem. You're not reaching out enough to people, inviting them to speak with you to hop on a call. And I realize for a lot of people that can be uncomfortable. You don't know where to start. In terms of uncomfortability, I think that's just something that you need to work out your approach in your wording of how you're inviting people to jump on a call with you, how you're initiating that invitation in a way that you are comfortable with, that feels authentic to you so you don't feel salesy or spammy or that you're just being too random in this invitation. But beyond that, how do you identify who these people are, who you should be reaching out to? And so a few tips here, I would say first, Start with your existing connections. And again, looking through those connections and identifying who is in a complementary field. So these might be other lawyers that you went to law school with. They might be past colleagues. It might even be opposing counsel on cases that you've had before if you're shifting roles, if that makes sense for you. And it might be and should be a lot of non-lawyers too. So these might be past classmates from your undergraduate degree, from high school, just from people who you've met in life who fit the bill of being in these complementary fields where there's a synergy. You have a shared interest in reaching a certain type of person, and yet you're solving very different problems for that person. From there, I would get a little bit more bold and ask some of these really good connections if they recommend anyone who they think that you should connect with. If you're ready to build and grow a flexible virtual law practice, whether you're going solo for the first time or you have an existing practice, but would like to be able to work less without sacrificing your income, our signature program, The Accelerator, is for you. The Accelerator is a six-month private, done-with-you mentorship program to provide you with the exact steps, strategies, and support that you need to build, launch, and grow a flexible virtual law practice. There's honestly nothing else in the marketplace like the Accelerator, and we take a holistic approach to building a flexible law firm around the most important priorities in your life. Our unique combination of training materials, templates, and private mentoring will fast-track your transformation from burnout and missing out to a lawyer who looks forward to Monday mornings. By the end of the program, you will not only have all the information and tools you need to launch your flexible virtual firm, but we will have built out many of the backend components of your firm together. You'll have a clear, personalized, and actionable business plan to operate and grow your practice with the confidence and support to do it. And last, but certainly not least, you'll join a network of like-minded attorneys to grow with. Enrollment for the Accelerator is open now at lawyeronyourterms.com slash accelerator. A lot of people are very happy to make that introduction, but people are busy and they have a lot going on and it simply might just not occur to them. 
So go ahead and ask them. So getting back to the example of, let's say you have an estate planning practice, for example, and let's say you have a friend from college or high school who moved out of state. They're in a different state now. They are a financial consultant. Reach out to them and say, hey, do you know anyone in our local area who would be good for me to connect with? I'm opening this estate planning practice and I'm looking to connect with financial consultants and CPAs, et cetera. Do you know anyone who you could make an introduction to for me? And then lastly, joining either in-person or virtual groups and trainings. Really, it depends on what's going on in your life, your season of life, whether you want to really attend a lot of in-person events or depend more on, on the internet and the convenience of that to make connections. But find groups that are relevant to your field or complementary to your field where you might find these service providers who are also trying to seek out the same ideal client yet solve a different problem for them. So if you're in business law, then these might just simply be business trainings for any type of service provider or business trainings, maybe specifically for business coaches. But there are so many different Facebook groups that you can join, networking groups. You can join different trainings. I just attended a training this week and there was a live training on Zoom and then there was also a Facebook community that was open to the attendees. And a lot of us are connecting inside that private Facebook group and planning networking Zoom meetings one-on-one -on -one with each other. You might join trainings like this or programs like this where people reach out to connect to you, or you might need to take the initiative and say, hey, Susie, I saw you ask this question during the training and heard that you're doing X, Y, Z. This is what I'm doing. I'm a, an attorney in this field. This is how I help people. I would love to jump on a call, hear more about your business, and see if there's an opportunity for synergy here. So while there are a lot of ways that you can go about building strategic relationships with service providers and complementary fields in your business, there are different ways that you can go about it, but it's definitely an absolute must. I believe, when you're building a practice. And when you're launching your practice, this is what you should be spending most of your time doing. You shouldn't be spending most of your time obsessing over your website or making several different email list opt-ins or obsessing over your Instagram reel creation. There's a time and a place for each of those, but your main area of focus when it comes to your networking and marketing if you, again, think of that upside down pyramid, should be building strategic relationships. This has the greatest return on investment for your time and it pays dividends for years. So just to illustrate this point, I've been in business in my own practice for almost six years now. And when my second child was born, he's now two and a half, but actually when I was pregnant with him, a lot of that first trimester, I was nearly bedridden with all day, not morning sickness, all day sickness. Truly, I was almost bedridden. It was all I could do to just keep up with my current client work at that time. And then things got better. But during the third trimester with him, he's really lucky that he turned out to be so cute. But during that third trimester, and especially like the last month and a half, I was 
basically homebound because I was having unexplained near fainting spells. They were doing all sorts of tests on me. I had to wear a heart monitor. They didn't know what was happening, but I would get vision problems. A lot of stuff that seemed like it was connected to either blood pressure or heart problem, even though they couldn't find a problem in either area. But it landed me in a situation where it wasn't even safe for me to drive my daughter to preschool. So for the last month and a half of my pregnancy, she and I were just home because I could not safely drive her or leave the house. So that was a lot of fun. And then, of course, after that, I had a newborn and he was at home with me. Eventually, thank God, all of that went away after his delivery. But then we had the newborn phase and she did go back to preschool, but he stayed home with me for the first 18 months of his life. So you can imagine that was, there was a lot going on in my life then. And during a lot of pieces of that time, I was doing almost no marketing. So during that first trimester, certainly during that month and a, last month and a half of pregnancy and in the newborn phase, there was really no marketing that was happening. I did finally get into a groove even while he was home with me after that passed. But my business income during that time did not change. In fact, when I was first pregnant with him, it actually increased a lot. And that I cannot attribute to something magical that I was doing with my marketing. That was actually the beginning of the pandemic and the online business world was just experiencing a big shift. And of course, a lot of industries were very damaged by that period of time. But in the online business world, there was actually a surge in, in business. So I was benefiting from that but personally, I was doing no marketing at that time. But the reason even after that passed, after that period of time passed, that my business income didn't change and my expectation during that time was not that I was going to increase it, but just maintain was a huge win. And I did do that. And that was because of all of the effort that I put into building strategic relationships in the early years of my business. So through those efforts, through those relationships, my entire business was based on referrals and they would just come in on autopilot fairly predictably. And it was because of those relationships and because of the word of mouth, of course, that came from my clients. So I can't understate how important it is to focus on this in the early stages of your business. Unless you are bringing over a lot of clients from your previous firm, that would be a great situation to be in, of course. If you are starting fresh with no clients, then you should have time to do this. You should have time to dedicate to this. And there is a transitional period where you have more clients now. You have clients, so you are busy with client work, but perhaps your revenue isn't where you want it to be, so you still need to be engaging in these networking and marketing activities. And the prioritization of that upside down pyramid where at the top you're focusing on building strategic relationships does not change. It's still true even during that transitional period where you have less time for marketing now because you have client work but you're still not where you want to be. That should still be your first focus. And for different reasons, you might have a period of time where life changes, you're happy where you are, and you want to ride on referrals, 
you'll be in a position where you can do that if you really devote yourself to building those relationships early on. And then when and if you want to scale your business later, you can return to that same strategy. So this is not the only piece of a solid marketing strategy, but it is the top tier. It's the most important piece of your marketing strategy. If you have any questions about this topic or feedback, I would love for you to join us in our private Facebook community called Lawyer on Your Terms. I will link the group link in the show notes below, but this is a place where we can connect and I can answer your questions on this topic and more. You can connect with other like-minded lawyers who are building practices on their terms, and you will get updates about our monthly Zoom coffee chat. So that's a really fun time where we come together. It's a free group-wide call once a month, and you have the opportunity to talk about your struggles, your dreams in an environment where we completely understand what you're going through. We're a group of female lawyers who are passionate about our profession and love the practice of law, but it's not the only thing that is important to us, and we don't want it to dominate the rest of our life. Rather, we want our life, our personal priorities to come first and for our career to fit around that. So it can be difficult to find the right friends and even lawyer friends to vent these frustrations and these dreams to. This is a community where you will never feel like you are on a stuffy marketing call. To the contrary, it is a come-as-you-are type of call, camera, on or off. Often there are kids in the background, teenagers in the background, moms nursing, people hiding in their car to have a break from work and dream of the next chapter of their life, and so on. So again, please find the link below to join our Facebook group so you can get updates on those meetings and a link where you can opt in to receive updates for our next Zoom coffee chat. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me and really help us grow if you would take a moment to go to your podcast app where you listen and leave us a review. If you know a lawyer who you think would enjoy this podcast, please take a screenshot of your favorite episode and send it to them or tag them in a post. And before we leave, I just want to remind you that you are more than just a lawyer and you can lawyer on your own terms. I'll see you next week.